This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nikuda podcast. For Parshas Breshis, first um, podcast of the new year, uh, at least, I mean, not really, but, you know, the beginning of the uh, cycle of the Chimish, and um, quite a bit has happened since uh, last time we broadcasted. <clears throat> of course, still broadcasting here from Svas. In it's a Kodesh, it's Israel, and um, I wanted to view some ideas from the Parsha in the context of what's happened last week, and also in the context of uh, the Yom that we've just come through. Uh, let's start with the Indian. There is a Rashi. A very important Rashi on Parshat Precious, which talks about the idea that Hashem originally intended, so to speak, uh, to create the world with Midas Adin. And when he saw that the world could not withstand that level of strictness or whatever, uh, he uh, partnered with uh, Midas Adin the minisarachman, the uh, attribute of mercy. So in other words, instead of just working on strict justice and on, on, on a, a constant a gura of uh, uh, a very strict, unwavering, rather rigid uh, way of uh, running the world, he had to build into that some flexibility so that these rules and laws and whatever could be bent in certain situations as necessary uh, when that was required. Um, And the events that we've seen over the last week, I think uh, people have questions, you know, anytime that there's some kind of a uh, very strict and somewhat painful uh, events one asks sometimes, you know, why Hashem had to do that or why Hashem had to create the world in such a way that these things are possible or necessary or whatever and why didn't he prevent it and all these kinds of questions. And this is, you know, as long as the world exists, we've had these kinds of questions. Um, but I think when something like this happens, um, we have to look into it on a deep, little deeper level and very often we see signs within the events themselves of uh, the answers to these questions and what, what is really involved here and what are the factors uh, in play. And I think in this particular case, this, this war that's going on, uh, it becomes very clear why things have to be the way they are and what Hashem's hand is in it, and how the Chazal are very, very much aware of um, of these truths and and how they play out in reality. Okay, so 
being a little uh, oblique here, so I'll, I'll try to uh, get into specifics. First of all, the whole concept of the Midasad Din, the uh, attribute of judgment, strict judgment, gvura, power, fear, all this kind of stuff, is, um, is very important to understand why that's so necessary. It, it's interesting that um, the Chazal talk about that when, and also Pinkabola, when Mashiach comes, you know, the, the world to come, it's going to be based on the attribute of, of, of uh, a gvura, of, of uh, din. And um, and the very fact that Hashem intended to uh, to create the world, you know, to run on the basis of Midas Adin at the beginning, and only backed off of that when he saw that it wasn't going to be practical, in a sense, um, which is itself, uh, you know, something to discuss in terms of you know Hashem doesn't change his mind and that kind of thing. But in any case, um, it seems to be that Midas Adin is actually the preferable way of running things. That's the way things are really supposed to work. And if you ask anyone who has a vision, like setting up a, a company, let's say, or, or doing a particular project or a mission or whatever, they'll always design it uh, in, in the ideal form, the form in which if everything is done correctly, the way that it's supposed to be done, that's, you know, that's the way the uh, ideal uh, implementation of any project is. Uh, anything you manufacture or you're um, developing some kind of community thing or whatever, you always have a certain ideal form of how it should work. And then only when you see that there are aspects that are too difficult to put into into um, Reality and, and, and that aren't, aren't practical in the sense of that they are, they can be easily uh, adhered to. Then you have to you change your standards, you lower the standards a bit, or allow for certain uh, deviations from from those standards, but not as an ideal thing. Ideally, if everybody was doing what they're supposed to do, was on the level to do what they're supposed to do, everything would be on the highest possible level, and that would involve a great deal of uh, uh, very exacting um, and and uh, detailed. Um, uh, instructions and operations and, and rules and you know laws and all that kind of thing, um, but people are people and uh, you know we are fallible. I mean, there's even discussion in the Maral about uh, the question why, uh, according to the Medrash, that um, the, for example that the trees were supposed to produce the bark that was supposed to taste like the fruit and it didn't, and why did that happen if it doesn't have if uh, you know, trees don't have choice. You know, and why didn't they follow that directive, so to speak? And he talks about the very fact that because the uh, the physical world, especially the lower worlds, not talking about the celestial worlds, but the lower worlds, um, have a certain degree of uh, of fallibility or a certain degree of of, of uh, not being able to implement all the things that you know that as it, as it would be ideally constructed. So, Hashem basically lowered his standards, so to speak, in that, in that respect, so that the, the ideal remains in place, that when Mashiach comes, the, the world to come, so then those, the, the, all this, this infallibility will be, will be corrected, so that then, you know, the, the, the nature will be able to actually produce everything as, as it was originally intended, but that will assume that all the things that are causing this fallibility will be, uh, will be corrected and taken away, and, and, and man won't be there to mess things up with Averis. In any case, um, the point is that there is uh, a level of, of uh, there's, there's an ideal kind of behavior, and then there's a, a behavior that's based on our fallibility. And the 
attribute of, of mercy, of compassion, is there to be flexible enough to give room that we should be able to make mistakes or, you know, uh, uh, things shouldn't go exactly what they're supposed to do and still they can continue to exist and, and the world goes on and it even corrects for itself in many cases. So this, the, the idea of, of, of adhering to some kind of a strict um, uh, rule system, um, you know, some kind of a strict behavior is, is implicit to the success of any project, any society, any, any anything, whatever you have, everything has rules. Everything has guidelines. Everything has, you know, as as we understand, the better we understand the way something is constructed, the better we understand how to use it in such a way that it will, you know, we won't break it. That it'll it'll continue on and it'll do, it'll function properly. It'll do what it's supposed to do, and. That's because everything is created. It's 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 created in a certain way, so it has to be used in a such in, in in a certain way. And Hashem created the world, Hashem created the universe, which is a you know formidable, formidable undertaking. And He knows how it works and how it can be best put to work to use and how it can achieve its ultimate uh, uh, purpose and its oh, its its ultimate function. What is you know its values? What it's what it's supposed to be doing here. And uh, he knows how it works because he put it together. So he gave us in the Torah the insight and the information that we need to be the most productive and to be protected from the possible things that can go wrong. I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to a situation where, you know, a parent will tell a child, you know, don't touch uh, the stove when it's hot because you get burned, you know. So if 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 the parent is telling the child he's doing that for the child's sake, he's not just interested in making rules. He's saying, look, this is the betzias. This is the reality. This is what happens if you touch something hot. You could get burned. So I'm giving you a good advice. Don't touch it. And the child's saying, well, oh, my parents always tell me what to do, you know. And and uh, who knows? Who says that they know best? What well, I, mean, I can figure it out myself, you know. As as, as the child uh, progresses towards. Uh, towards uh, adolescence, they, they get more and more like that. So they keep challenging the parents, well, I know better, you know. And then they find out that they don't because the parent has had more experience and the parent has had more education and training and everything. So the parent usually does know better what works and what doesn't work. But if, you, if the child is willing to, to uh, uh, trust the, the parent and uh, teachers and uh, that they have the, their best, uh, um, the wiser than them and more experienced than them and they have their best interests in mind, so then they trust them and they follow them without having to find out the hard way. But otherwise, uh, when they do, they'll find out that there are consequences for not following the rules. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, then, you know, you can very often get into trouble and learn the hard way and only come around, you know, after the damage is done. Um, so this is what Hashem and the Torah is doing through the Torah, basically. He is showing us in terms of the, that the world was created with Midas Adin. There is an accountability. There are consequences. There are There is a system where things are, are corrected for, just like a correctional system, so to speak, the, the, a judicial system. Uh, a, a, a country cannot... Uh, Survive and, and flourish in an in a, in a, uh, anarchical uh, system, a place where there is no law and order, a place where because when there is no law and order, because Hashem created an anti-force, this this force which opposes the force of order. So therefore, the less order is in control, the more these non these anti-order 
uh, forces uh, gain control, and then things become totally African and, and uh, very dangerous. Okay, so so what happens is is that when people start to um, deny the existence of a creator, they deny then deny the existence of Torah, they deny the necessity of of following the rules according to what we've been taught the rules to be, and instead they replace that with a shkafa, with a, with an outlook on life, which is basically I can do whatever I want and I will be able to get away with it. There will be no consequences. I will not have to pay for that for those mistakes uh, because I deny either I deny that Hashem is there at all. I deny that Hashem is watching. I deny that Hashem is aware of these things. I deny that Hashem is going to is going to uh, implement that that process of of din. And very often you find that you can get away with you know, Hashem is you know infinite patience. So you can a lot of times you get away with things for a very long time and not have to suffer any consequences. So you then assume that there are no consequences. But uh, eventually, you know, Hashem does clamp down. Uh, I mean, we had the situation of the model, for example, where, where Hashem let uh, things go uh, for a very long time before there was no Torah. So, you know, he didn't want to clamp down. And then finally got things, things got so bad that um, the uh, world had to be stored altogether. We'll talk about that next week in Mitzvah But that's, you know, the, the word Hamas, of course, is the world, the world was filled with Hamas. And it had to be destroyed altogether because it got so bad. So, um, it's not by accident. So anyway, um, in the events that unfolded in this particular, uh, this particular case with this, this war that's going on, um, there, is, uh, there are a few very um, uh, notable uh, events that people may or may not be aware of. Um, that are very important to be aware, you know, to, to, to very clearly point out, you know, some of the whys and, and wherefores of this, this whole situation. Um, one thing that came out was that out of 22 uh, Yishuvim, you know, settlements in the south that were attacked and, you know, this horrible, atrocious things taking place, only two of them were Shomer Shabbos. And those two, specifically those two Shomer Shabbos uh, Yishuvim were the only ones out of the 22 that were not attacked, that repelled the attack, and apparently because their gates were closed, because it was Shabbos. Therefore, the Shabbos actually protected them. The Shabbos itself protected them from being attacked, and they didn't lose people, whereas all the elements did. So that's already a very, very big indication of what, um, you know, the, the power of, when you talk about Hashem protecting us, you know, you ask for, we ask for protection, this miraculous protection from Hashem to Israel through all of the wars. And, you know, and minimal casualties compared to what could have happened. Books have been written about all the miracles that have happened in these wars. But this, this shmira, this, this uh, power of protection from Hashem, miraculous protection, has to be deserved. It, it it's not just, doesn't just come on its own. And when you do blatant things, over, especially over a long period of time, and think you're going to, you know, there aren't going to be, be uh, repercussions, then Hashem is going to show you very often that there's a difference between those that that deserve the protection and those that don't. And, you know, if you want, if there's a, a, a dangerous situation ar- arises, I mean, you could say the dangerous situation arose because of their behavior, but even if you don't say that, you mean to say that just, that just naturally, uh, because of the political situation, these, the, the, you know, got out of hand and then somebody attacked, right? So how are you going to merit the... Um, the uh, that that, ex, that extra protection from Hashem if you don't do what Hashem is telling you to do. 
Okay, so that's one thing. The second thing is, of course, this terrible, terrible situation with this this uh, dance festival, which there have been uh, videos uh, uh, that I don't know if they're verified or not because there's a lot of false stuff going around, but uh, pictures of them dancing around a statue of the Buddha at this rave festival. I don't know if that's you know verified or not. If it was, it was just adding insult to injury because already it was... On Shabbos, on you know Sukkotoya Yom Tov, and um, and you know with all of the you know preachers, what we call you know the, the uh, immodest activities going on there. But um, here's another uh, situation where that that was really the the beginning of this whole fiasco, this whole this whole massacre, and that was a situation which was like totally totally oblivious of Hashem. There's like no Hashem there. So if you kick out Hashem, it's like they say that people were complaining about the violence in the, in the schools in America. If you push Hashem out of the schools, then how do you expect Hashem to protect the schools? You caused Hashem to leave. You know, you, you told Hashem, we don't care about you. You know, we're not, we're not interested in, 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 in running our lives according to your standards. So, you know, goodbye. And then once he leaves... Okay, so he pulls out that the shchina, the, the, the divine presence, is, is being exiled from from the world, and so you know you, there are consequences. So what I'm saying here, I mean, I'm not trying to minimize the tragedy or you know not be beachtus with 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 Jews in on whatever level they're on. Obviously, and you can always make excuses that they're nishba nishba that they're that they're not aware they weren't educated into religious you know uh, with religious training. Uh, which then, of course, you have to look at the people who didn't train them that way and, you know, what the failure in the educational system and all this kind of thing that they don't respect Torah. Whatever it is, the point is you can't expect Shmira, you can't expect Hashem to invoke, you know, miraculous measures to uh, save you from a dangerous situation if you are doing things that are openly and vagrantly, fragrant, flagrantly violating all the standards that he's put in place. Um, so, again, you know, it could happen that he will. In many cases, he has shown tremendous, you know, rahmanas and compassion and, and miraculous things, even for people that, that aren't Shomer Shabbos, that even the people that don't seem to ex- experience any regard. But you can't count on that. You can't expect it. You have to know that lives are, that there is a medicine The other thing that I saw personally, I in the last uh, couple of days, I was, I was, I was uh, in the course of my our normal learning of, uh, of the Zoyar, there's a Shikhan Zoyar that, that explains the process very specifically of how the Minnesotan operates. We're given this entire uh, almost two-month period, starting at the beginning of Elul, and going through, you know, the the the, the week of of, of Slichus and then Rosh Hashanah, where the din is handled, and which is the idea of it is a din, you know, the Amos din. We're supposed to be afraid of this judgment process that's taking taking place, and where the the Gezeira, uh, the the uh, uh, you know the the uh, judgment is handed down, and but it's still not sealed. So we have the ten days of repentance, the Seres Mechiva, to do tshuva, and we can buckle down and. You know, evaluate our behavior and decide what we have to change, uh, and hopefully make changes. And hopefully, we can be even if the zera is not a good zera. If we were not inscribed for a good year, so to speak, uh, we can change that. We have the power to do that. Till Yom Kippur, then on Yom Kippur, you go all the way to. It's also a, a tshuva process, and we're supposed to be, you know, taking on new things and and, and evaluating our, our behavior and trying to change. 
And then, you know, you get to Anila, and at Anila, it's finally sealed on one level. It's just like it's the, 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 the uh, judgment comes down, and that is pretty much, you know, not finished yet, but it's, it's, uh, it's a specific thing that is, uh, has been inscribed, what's going to be. Then we get another four days until Sukkot to do tshuva again. And then we get another seven days through Sukkot itself until Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah is the last chance, in a sense, to defeat that, that uh, uh, gzera if it's not good. And we uh, still have another chance to do that. Stoka and Tvila and tshuva and all these things. Finally, at the end of Hashanah Rabbah, it's finally sealed and given over to the executors of the din, the the shaitrim, the the, 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 the the those those forces that was that that uh, that actually you know carry out whatever the judgment was, and shmini atzeres in simchas That's when it happens, and sure enough, like these forces of din, uh, at once that final din after all his chances was finally handed down, it didn't lose any time, and it happened on Shemini Yitzhak itself, especially since you know, all these people were violating Shabbos and Shemini Yitzhak anyway. So then, it's, that's, that's, that, that's the very timing of this whole thing, that it, this whole horrible thing happened on Shemini Yitzhak when the din is uh, being executed and, you know, suddenly blitzling, you know, surprise attack. That's when it happened. Okay? So it's another indication. You're talking about something that was it's, you know, that's just what was after, what had to happen, unfortunately. This was also after a period on Yom Kippur itself and many other times that because of the split between the, the right and the left, whatever, the left has gotten so anti-religious that they were attacking uh, religious ceremonies and they were, uh, even a neighbor of mine had a situation where somebody was, uh, an anti-religious person was was uh, blasting music, uh, you know, out of their windows on Yom Kippur, stopping to disturb the religious people. Uh, and that was happening all over the country. I, I don't want to be, you know, oyer din. The din has already been been this oyer, but you have to know again there are consequences. People think that they can do whatever they want. They can, they can, they, they, they're, you know, what, whatever they do, there's not, no, there's going to be no reaction, and they can't expect that. You know, it's, it, the very lack of achdus itself that 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 Jews should be calling other Jews parasites and and. Uh, and then scum and vermin and all these these terrible terrible words, you know that that a Jew should speak like an anti-Semite against religious Jews. I mean, it's just it's it, there's so many provocations here. You know, you talk about a, a surprise attack that there's no provocation for. There in Israel itself, unfortunately, there were all these provocations to Hashem. And what do you think? You know, how long is Hashem going to tolerate that? Just how long is it going to go on? And at the, on, on the other hand, you see Hashem's protection for, 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 for Israel in, a, in another event that happened, that's verified, you, can, you know, look it up if you want, that the Taliban, which is, of course, extremely anti-Semitic, they, um, they were the only nation that I know of that right off the bat, I mean, maybe according to, except for, for Hezbollah, um, offered to send fighters to help Hamas uh, capture Jerusalem, Right? On Shabbos, this, their, their leader made that statement, and on Shabbos, they got hit by a huge earthquake that they lost like 3,000 people or something like that. So that's like, you know, on the spot. It just, it, it, an immediate reaction. That's, that's like, right? That's, that's Hashem 
speaking. Hashem is showing, you know, okay, you want to be on their side, you know, you're going to feel that. You're going to, you're going to, there are, there are repercussions. So look, you know, the signs, as far as I'm concerned, are very clear. Uh, there, it's, there's a lot of stuff coming out, stories coming out every day about miracles and about, about different situations, heroism and different things. And this is what happens in wartime. And, and also wartime very often leads to more actors of people actually, it unifies people and people see that they have a common enemy. And a lot of the, the leftists that, that uh, were looking, you know, saying that our, our, you know, the, the, the Arabs are our best friends and we can live with them in harmony and everything else. And then you see what happens here. Um, it's not so pushing. The point is that there are a lot of things to be taken into consideration. And when people aren't edu- be educated to take these things seriously, and they think that the world is hefker, that there's, that there's a hefkeris in the whole lifestyle, the whole morality, the whole system of, of, of looking at what life is about and what it's for. And if, if, there, if, if there really is a reaction to what we do, uh, if there are consequences, if there are, uh, uh, you know, repercussions to how we live our lives. Um, and that's absolutely necessary for the kingdom of the world. The world cannot exist any other way. There has to be, just like as I, as I said, in any project, anything that you want to be successful, there are rules, there are, there are things that are not to be violated. I mean, even games have rules. What if everybody wanted to just play the game however they wanted to, break all the rules and everything? Would, there, you would, there wouldn't be a game. You'd have to throw the game away. You know, Forget it. You can't, you can't play that. Everybody's breaking the rules. right? You know, there's rules to everything. There's rules of behavior. Every place you go, you would have to behave in a certain way. If you go over the uh, over, over the bounds, you'll get thrown out. You'll get you'll get you'll get uh, put in jail. You you know who knows what? It, there, there's there are rules. So there are rules to life. Why is it so hard to understand? So that goes hard, hard, hand in hand with the concept of creation. Hashem created the world, and Hashem created the rules. And very often the rules are based on simply very directly based on how the world is constructed. Because these are the natural result of acting in a certain way is the way the world itself automatically, you know, through the laws of nature themselves, the, raw, the, raw, the laws on, on which the world was constructed, it can't tolerate certain types of behavior in certain specifically places like Eretz Yisrael, which is even held, held to a higher standard. So, you know, Hashem is ready to give us the, the, the ultimate in protection, the ultimate in, in divine providence, but we have to be willing to play by the rules. Excuse me, and our, and our children have to be aware of that as well. And you don't just get off the hook because you plead innocence, plead, you plead ignorance, you plead like I, I didn't, I didn't know any better, you know. So, so, so the Taliban can also, or the the terrorists can also say, well, I was constru- I was, I was brought up to hate Jews and to think that um, that uh, killing Jews is the uh, is, is is the highest uh, avoidance of Hashem. That's the best way to to, to serve Hashem. So they let them off the hook then. You can't you can't judge them at all. They're they're they were just uh, educated that way. So is that the way we you know a person has a mind? They they can see what's going on. They know you know intuitively what's right and what's wrong. And uh, they have to understand that uh, you know again, you're responsible for reactions. So again, I I don't want to sound negative chassidim. And again, I don't want to I, I don't want to judge anybody as they say. It's, it's what the judging Hashem does the judging. I don't have to do judging. Um, but you see, when you, when, you, when you see the facts in front of you, you see what's happening, you have to say something. You have to react to it. You have to, to learn something from it. And uh, that's all I'm asking, that, that people you know, open their eyes and then just, just see what's going on, and that should be um, enough to, uh, 
to hopefully uh, improve the situation for the future. So Hashem should help that this uh, war should have a speedy conclusion and reach all of its uh, its intended goals and be able to to um, uh, release the world from this scourge uh, that we call uh, Hamas and uh, and you know that the future should change for the better. Business Hashem, we shall see Shalom in the world.